You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Daily Music Business Podcast. I'm your host for today, Monica Strutt, and today I'm bringing to you a live training that I did within my free Facebook group, Music Marketing and Mindset for Heavy Bands and Musicians. And by the title, you would have seen that this episode is all about establishing the dream team, establishing not only the dream team within your band, if you are in one or in a group or just collaborating with others, but then also expanding your team within the industry. So I go through the priorities in terms of which team members to bring on first and the advantages, I guess, of bringing on certain people to help you grow your audience and establish yourself as an artist or as a band. So as I am doing this training live, that is why I am potentially talking to people throughout, but the audio quality is still pretty good. So I really wanted to share it with you on the Daily Music Business Podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed. Make sure you're following me on my socials. I'm Monica Strutt everywhere. And if you like this podcast, come and listen to mine. My podcast is called Being in a Band. And if you head to monicastrutt.com slash Spotify, you can also download my free Spotify playlist cheat sheet. So you definitely want to get your hands on that one. I always get so much amazing feedback from this cheat sheet. And by the way, I'm not someone who believes in like weird scammy ads to, you know, people that aren't actually going to go to your shows or buy your merch or, you know, be with you long-term in terms of a fan. Uh, I'm trying to grow your fan base of real people and, individuals that are going to be with you long-term and form a relationship with you and your music. So if you vibe with that sort of thing, (laughs) which hopefully you do, then yeah, get that cheat sheet at monicastrutcom slash Spotify. But without further ado, let's dive into today's episode all about creating your dream team. Hello, welcome back to another Thursday Night Live I hope you're doing really well. Let me just get set up here with my microphone and everything. We go live every second Thursday within the Music Marketing and Mindset Facebook group. So yeah, I mean, I table usually on the day or a couple of days before um, for the upcoming two months, I believe I do at a time. So yeah, you can always check that out and the replays will be in the guides section. So up the top in the guides section is where the replays can be found. And generally, this is just an opportunity for me to, I guess, connect with you guys in the group. This chair is very, very squeaky. And um, 
yeah, just have like a bit of a casual chat, but also do like a mini workshop um, within this live group to keep it a bit more active. I created this group about three years ago, almost, I want to say 2018, I believe. So it's coming up to three years and yeah, we've now grown to nearly a thousand members. I've never, um, you know, done any crazy things to grow the group. It's kind of just grown organically from the podcast or just through people connecting to me on social media and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I think it's really cool and you can use this as a free resource to ask any questions to myself or the community about the business side of being a musician, of being in a band. So I'm just going to check Facebook just to make sure that I am all good and live because last time for some reason the live posted on my personal page, not my, um, not within the group. So yes, looks like we are, we are all good to go. So for those watching the replay, if you do have any questions, please feel free to post in the comments. Um, if you are here live, make sure you say hello as always. And yeah, if you have any comments, questions, let me know. Um, it looks like a couple of people are joining now, but today I really wanted to talk about creating the dream team. So if I do a reflection on the topics that we've covered so far within these Thursday night lives, I mean, the first one that we did was release day routine. And that was really inspired by, you know, my own band going through our single release, which I just, um, actually did uh, some reporting and some reflection on the PR campaign uh, because myself um, and my friend Curtis Dua from Dua PR teamed up on the PR campaign. And I'm really, really stoked with how it went. We got so many placements, interviews, um, sync licensing from this song, like it's just absolutely mental and got offered some really cool shows as well. So uh, if you haven't watched the release day routine, that is a really good one to watch because it's really cool because now we can actually see the results of the campaign, which I started very close to the day that that live um, went out. And then a couple of weeks ago, the second live that we did was about essential release promo to prep. So this goes before release day. Um, obviously this is stuff to organize prior to release day. And that was things like social media and PR and what to prepare within each of those categories, plus some more categories on top of that. And yeah, it was just a very quick snappy live that one. So I thought today leading on from the topics that we've already talked about, uh, creating the dream team, because you can't really have a successful release or a successful business or project without having the ability to work really well as a team within your band. And then also in terms of bringing other people onto your team outside of the band, we're going to talk a little bit about that also. Um, so let us just dive in. I'll just get my notes up now. And by the way, my being in a band membership is now open for enrollment. So if you want more in-depth trainings with like proper slides and workbooks and everything like that, definitely jump into the being in a band membership. Um, you can DM me for all the information, but okay. So first up, I mean, let's talk about why having the dream team is so, so important when you're in a band partnership. 
<sighs> so more often than not, when I work with bands, and I've definitely experienced this myself within some older projects, a lot of the time you find that one person out of the four or five people is kind of like the band leader, is kind of like the main one doing the majority of the work and kind of taking the reins and making a lot of the decisions. And that is fairly normal. I would say a lot of the time it's the vocalist, but definitely not always. Um, and why I find that this doesn't always work is that it's very easy when one person is shouldering a lot of the responsibility, not only for them to burn out, but for the other band members to become complacent and also not feel as included in the actual band structure. So not only you know, do those sorts of setups get bands into situations? And again, this isn't to any band in particular. This is literally something that I've seen time and time again. Bands getting into situations where maybe one person is pitching in more money than everyone else, meaning that the other people aren't invested, like literally and figuratively. Um, if I find that like, you know, for the people putting in more money, they feel like they can have more of a say. And for the people putting in less money, they feel like they can get away longer term putting in less money because that's kind of the way it's always been. Um, so it leads to burnout for that one person who's shouldering the majority of the decisions. And also it means that if the workload is just falling on one person rather than five people, it means that basically the band is not as effective. It's not running as a team as effectively as say five people. Now, one of the trickiest parts about working in a band partnership is personality clashes and figuring out not only chemistry from a musical perspective, but also figuring out chemistry from a partnership and working relationship. And if that working relationship isn't there or if it's not healthy, then it doesn't really matter how good the music is. And I know that a lot of people like to say, oh, there's so many bands that are dysfunctional. Not these days. I mean, maybe back in like the 80s when bands had like record labels and managers doing everything for them. But certainly these days with DIY and with there being so much competition out there, you know, bands are really having to band together, for lack of a better term, and really work towards a common goal. So working out that uh, personal relationship and business relationship can be one of the trickiest parts of being in a band, but it's absolutely essential. And I find that once you use the techniques that I'm going to share with you today, you can really learn to play to people's strengths so that everyone feels included, everyone is invested figuratively and uh, literally, and the band can just achieve a whole lot more. It can achieve five times more than just one person shouldering all the load. So that is why it's so, so important to have a good team mentality within your project. Um, because I think without it is very, very, very difficult to become successful because if you don't burn out, then, you know, resentment builds and ultimately you'll just move slower. So, the first step in all of this and figuring out, you know, maybe you are in a situation at the moment where one person is shouldering the bulk of the responsibility. How do you figure out how to bring in other members in sharing the load? Well, first of all, there has to be a want. There has to be 
a, a meeting or a decision where it is talked about within the project that everyone is indeed working towards a common goal. If there's some people in the band that are treating music as a hobby, for example, but then half the band are career artists, then that's not really going to work because the hobbyists just wouldn't have the same priorities as the people treating it as a business, essentially. Because we do have to remember that being in a band is going into a business partnership with other people. So where it all begins is having that conversation around, okay, well, what are your goals with this project? What are your goals with music? Is this a priority for you? And if it isn't, then that needs to be addressed. I know it's really annoying looking for band members, um, but trust me, it is better to have lineup changes early on than, you know, hold on until you're about to get signed or, you know, about to go on a big overseas tour and then have the band member who was only kind of half in it to begin with um, leave at a very bad time. So as uncomfortable as that conversation can be is absolutely necessary. Second of all, after you, uh, after you figure out that you're all on the same page, you really need to have a plan. So I always recommend planning around six months in advance. And that is really, you know, for many, many reasons. First up, it gives you something to work towards. Secondly, it means that you can plan properly and not skip any steps when it comes to releasing music. Thirdly, it means you can plan out your finances as well. So figuring out your longer term plan and then filling in the gaps. So, you know, for example, often I'm working with bands on releasing an EP and then I'll ask, okay, how many singles do you want to release from that EP and how far apart are we going to release the singles? And we'll put a plan together. And from there we have the skeleton and we work backwards, filling in the gaps and, that's really where it begins. So filling in those gaps of launching music, we all know that there are so many different components to launching music within itself. We've got, uh, first of all, figuring out the budget for the release for stuff like videos and marketing and PR and everything like that. Second of all, we've got like artistic direction. Thirdly, we have like the actual recording of the release, filming of the video. We've got release shows. We have... Um, what else? They're kind of the main things I would say. I'm probably forgetting something really, really major. But once you figure out all those little components that need to be done in order to make the release a success, then it's about, okay, well, now we know the tasks. Now we need to allocate them to each band member. So whenever I am planning a release with one of my clients, there is always a column, the last column that says task owner. So when we are doing the planning and filling in all of the gaps of what needs to be done for a release, we always assign each and every task, whether that's upload to digital distribution, whether that's contact venue regarding release show, um, contacting artist and having the artwork due. We always have a task owner next to each and every uh, task that needs to be done. Now, in terms of the day-to-day -day management of stuff, there are social media, there's finance stuff, there's organization of shows. And when it comes to all of those things, it really is best to not only look at where each individual band member's strengths lie, but also where their interests lie. Because just because someone is... Um, 
doesn't have any experience in, say, social media management, but they have a really keen interest, that is enough to kind of give them the motivation that they need um, if you give them ownership over the task to do all the research required to do some courses, to read some books and really uh, get stuck into learning everything they can to really make that aspect of running the band a success. Uh, there is actually one step before the delegation of tasks, and that is if you do have one main person in your band at the moment that is doing a lot of the work, doing the majority of the work. And by the way, I just saw a couple more people jumped on live. So make sure you do say hello. Um, because I can't see who you are unless you drop me a comment. Um, but one very, very important step before delegation is if you do have that one person in the band, I've been that person at one point in time, um, uh, they need to first be willing to relinquish control. Now, that is a very, very tricky step within itself because a lot of trust has to be placed on other band members in order for that one person to have the ability to relinquish control, but it also has to come from them as well. There has to be a willingness as well. So it's definitely going to be a group effort and a lot of trial and error and assigning tasks and knowing that perhaps maybe they won't be done on time or maybe they won't be done in the particular way that, say, you would do it if you were the core task owner of that. Um, but definitely the uh, concept of relinquishing control is one to think about because, yes, I've worked with over 50 bands now and um, it's a very, very important piece of the puzzle when it comes to working as a better team. So going back to what we were saying about planning out releases and figuring out what the day-to-day -day activities are as a band, it's time to look at where your individual band members' strengths lie. And as I kind of alluded to, sometimes this is a bit of trial and error. Um, I had a band uh, that I was meeting with recently who one of their band members has a maths degree. And I was like, well, why isn't he the guy that's looking after all of the finances and everything like that? Um, and I was just like, wow, this is like incredibly perfect because usually like managing all the finance stuff is like the thing that like no one wants to do. So if you have someone in the band that's like specifically good at numbers, then that just makes your life a whole lot easier. So we ended up assigning him, you know, reconciliation of the band accounts and invoicing and tracking receipts, all of that stuff that probably only takes like, you know, 20 minutes a week, if that, um, but giving that person task ownership over that. And then the rest of the band can kind of relax and still have access to all that information, but kind of relax knowing, um, hopefully that it's going to be done and that they don't have to stress about it. Um, one of the other core roles within a band is of course, social media. Um, Usually it is the vocalist who does social media because they're kind of like the voice of the band and they have a lot of responsibility, but that's not always the case. So again, in terms of social media management, this is a really, really important and also full-time job. Um, I've been a social media manager for many, many years and, um, and so assigning someone social media, um, but also keeping the band in the loop is a skill within itself and you know, kind of one of those other things that I work with bands on. Um, so usually it's the person that is, I guess, the public figure, the person that's looking after, you know, a lot of the networking, talking to people at shows, um, social people, for lack of a better term. 
Uh, again, it's not always the case, but if you are trying to figure out who should manage your socials, if your vocalist does fulfill all of those I guess, skills, and they're usually the best person to do it. But that doesn't mean that they take charge of all of the social platforms or all of the content creation. Content creation within itself is also a very, very big task. So again, if you've got band members that have graphic design skills, video editing skills, most of the bands that I work with at least have band members who are interested in those skills um, or want to better themselves in those departments, they can really assist the person that's in charge of social media to create content. Now, it will take a little bit of time to get into a workflow and get used to how each other works. Again, especially if you're used to just one person shouldering the majority of the workload, there are going to be, um, I guess, you know, some, some things, some creases to iron out in terms of workflows and everything like that. But it's definitely something to work on because once you have all of these roles designated, everyone knows where they stand. And, um, you know, there's a couple of people that are trained up on how to do each role. So, you know, if one person's sick and like, just can't even look at their phone, have a migraine, but you know, some important announcements need to go out, then it is absolutely fine for another band member to like take over and they have all the logins, they've got access to all the content and that sort of thing. Um, some other core, um, some other core, I guess, allocations of tasks and the types of tasks that are within a band. I mean, you guys will know because you're in projects themselves, but usually I recommend to bands, you know, if one person can manage the inbox, um, if there's someone who is specifically in charge of doing like anything bookings related, so bookings, rehearsals, um, looking after making sure that you've got worksheets for all of your shows, um, that you, you know, book your sound guy or photographer or whatever for those shows, then that is a really, really um, important key task. So if there's someone that can look after all of that, um, it's really up to you how you want to divide up all this stuff. But I guess what I'm saying is the most important thing here is that you do divide it up and that you start to learn to build that trust with each other um, and take ownership over roles because you will find that if you know, if you really do give someone ownership over a particular task, they are going to excel in it because they're going to feel like they've got the freedom to really do a good job and to do their research and excel. So, I mean, there's a lot I could say about this topic of working as a team. A big part of being in a business partnership, in a band partnership is finances. So I definitely encourage you to go listen to my two latest podcast episodes um, on the being in a band podcast. Um, the first one, uh, which I did a couple of weeks ago, was a chat with Curtis. Um, and that was, it was a um, an episode called do you actually believe you can make it? And in that episode, I talk about the reasons that bands are really afraid to invest in themselves, why they DIY their artwork instead of getting a professional or go with a cheaper videographer instead of getting someone that can really, really do something magical with their video clip who would probably cost like $500 more. Um, 
It's all about the mindset component and ultimately, not to spoil the episode, you should definitely listen to it, but ultimately the reason why bands don't invest in themselves is because the individual band members have issues around money or they don't believe that they can make a career long-term in the music industry. But unfortunately, what ends up happening is by skimping out on certain things, like whether it be good quality photos or video clips or recording or whatever, it actually pushes back your ability to make an income longer term because it keeps your band stagnant. There's a lot of competition out there. I mean, I don't really like to think about competition. I do think that there's room for everyone if they want it though. But if you don't take your band seriously and you know, your imagery is really a reflection on the quality of your music. People see you before they hear you. Then how do you expect, you know, fans to take you seriously and buy your stuff? How do you expect the industry to take you seriously and invest money into you? Um, So really investing in yourselves is going to be one of the biggest uh, mindset hurdles that you need to get over. Um, if you want to make a long-term career. So definitely go listen to that episode. Um, I did put out another episode today, which is a very like real, raw and vulnerable episode for me. I mean, first up, the first half of the episode is me talking about the crazy experience that I had last week where I uh, flew back from the Gold Coast and the plane was delayed and got to the venue and got on stage literally 30 seconds before our set time. Um, that was crazy. So <laughs> the first part of the episode is me telling that wild story because it really was fucking insane. And I got so many DMs on my Instagram being like, oh my God, I was following along your Instagram stories and I was so worried for you. So if I made you anxious, I'm very, very sorry. Um, but the episode is called Managing Money in Your Band, Getting Over Awkwardness and your own bullshit. So I highly recommend you go listen to that. I do dive a little bit into my money story because as I say in the episode, I used to believe that I had to be poor or suffer to be a real artist, to get ideas for lyrics and just to be, I guess, yeah, just a true artistic person. I didn't think that I could be someone that was happy or earning a good income and still be a real artist. But you know, we need money to invest in our art to eventually make a living from it. So, you know, in this episode, I really debunk that issue because money mindset is like a whole nother topic. Um, so I definitely encourage you to listen to that one. Also, it does get very real and raw. I talk about, you know, when I was like very, very young and had no job and was like trying to like make it in my band and had this like crazy, like Sid and Nancy relationship. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one. I, um, I hope that it resonates with you and I hope you like it. So if you do check it out, definitely send me a DM and let me know. Um, so we've talked about team inside of your band and just some tips and tricks in order to facilitate. Obviously this is like very high level stuff. Um, but just a couple of things to facilitate better teamwork and why it's important to have better teamwork. And as I said, sometimes these discussions and asking your team members to pitch in a little bit more can be a little bit awkward and also means relinquishing control. Um, so it is difficult, but trust me when I say that if you build up that trust, then in the long term, things will be much better. So now let's talk about building your team outside of your band. Very fun stuff. So one of the first team members that I would suggest um, bringing onto your band, and this can be a release by release basis, is actually a graphic designer. So if you don't have anyone internally that is very skilled at graphic design, and I'm not talking about, you know, the ability to use Canva, anyone can knock up like 
semi nice looking Canva graphics, but I mean for the big stuff, for your album artwork, single artwork, um, tour posters, launch, like launch show posters, that sort of thing to hook up with a graphic designer and start establishing a good working relationship. And so they can know your style, your vibe, your branding, and then you can establish that rapport and trust and, um, not only does it mean that probably turnaround times are going to be a lot quicker, um, but they'll also be kind of that more so understanding when you understand one another and each other's styles and how you work. Um, you can bundle stuff when you establish a rapport with someone. And also it kind of like helps the scene out in a way. Um, if, and you know, they can be like recommended, you can recommend them to other people and whatnot. So having a graphic designer that you feel uh, you trust and that can deliver on time is one of the first team members that I would look into. Uh, secondly, potentially a sound person, uh, someone that knows your set and who is reliable and who you enjoy uh, you know, who you enjoy working with, essentially. Um, having a sound person is definitely something that you can do that can really take your show a step up because you're not relying on just the venue person that hasn't heard of you before, would rather be someone else, maybe underpaid or whatever. You can really have that control over your sound more so when you know the sound engineer. Now, there's so many amazing sound engineers who can just absolutely kill it on the first go without ever having heard of your stuff. Um, but again, establishing a rapport with a sound engineer who really knows your band, knows your set and the timings and the interludes and everything can be highly, highly beneficial. Thirdly, you know, this is a bit of a weird one for me to say, but I've definitely heard multiple people in the industry say it uh, before. So it's not just me saying this, but also a consultant would be the next person that I bring on that you would bring onto your team. And the reason that I say consultant is what a consultant does is what I do, which is, I guess, give advice from a third party perspective and industry perspective to bands so that they can run their business better, so that they can make smarter choices, so that they can uh, make sure that they're not skipping any steps when it comes to releasing, to improve their branding. And it's really like a temporary working situation where a consultant is essentially teaching a band to fish. Um, rather than doing the work for them like a manager would. Now, that's not to say that bringing a manager on board means that you're just going to be able to sit back and play music forever. That is 100% not what a manager does. They're not your assistant or slave. You are always, always, always going to be probably managing your social media profiles until you get to the point where you've got like millions of followers and you just can't do it anymore because you're touring full time. Um, but if influencers can still do it with hundreds of thousands of followers, you can with a couple of thousand. So you're always going to be doing a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff like that. I have many friends who have professional management and they still look after much of the day-to-day -day of running their band and a manager's job, um, which if you go listen to the podcast episode with Blasco, who is the bassist of Ozzy Osbourne's band, he manages Black Veil Brides. He's the old manager of um, In This Moment. If you listen to the interview that I did with him, he really explains very clearly what a manager's job is and it's really to... Uh, take that band to the next level and to think constantly be thinking about what's the next step, what's the next step, what's the next step. Um, so as band members, you're always going to be responsible for running the business in your band. And you always should be aware of what's going on in the business of your band. 
So working with a consultant is a way to get some outside knowledge and some third-party feedback and support, um, not only from a strategic perspective, but from a mindset perspective um, to crack the whip if you know someone isn't pitching in, that sort of thing. That's like the type of stuff that I do all the time. Um, and just setting up your business and making sure that it's running smoothly and that you have the resources and knowledge to rinse and repeat later on. So, I mean, just putting it out there, I do not have any consulting spots available at the moment. I'm completely booked up. I'm just speaking to two bands in the mo- at the moment to, um, to basically lock in the last long-term coaching spot. I may have one um, later in the year around September, but I do one-offs as well. So the best way to work with me at the moment is to do like a one-off 90-minute consulting session or it is to join the Being in a Band membership, which I should probably link. um, I should probably link right here, actually. Let me find it. I'll find the link for you. So uh, after a consultant, I mean, the next place, I mean, the next team member that you might want to think about, and this really is for later on in your career, is a band manager. So again, just reiterating, a band manager's job isn't to take away um, any of the necessarily like all of your tasks or anything like that. Um, It really is to, hang on, I'm just pasting the, the link for the membership in here. Oh, I can't do that. All right, I'll do that at the end. Um, So a band manager's job is to get you to the next level. So I would suggest, and this is the approach that most of the bands that I work with go with as well, and this is certainly the approach that uh, my own band, The Last Martyr, are going with, is really ensuring that the band is running extremely smoothly from a business perspective and not settling for just any old manager. Like when we bring on a manager onto the team, we want to make sure that it is really the right person who can do stuff that essentially we don't have the ability to do because we don't have the networking connections and know-how. You know, we know how to run all of our social media. We know how to run ads. We know how to do our own PR. Uh, We know how to release music properly. We know how to book tours. Like all of that stuff you learn, and this is all the stuff that I teach within the Being in a Band membership, teach you how to be self-managed so that you're not just taking on any old manager because you feel overwhelmed at the workload. So make sure you get educated and learn how to be self-managed first and then set your sights on a manager who is perhaps a little bit bigger, who can actually do something with you. Um, And that means, and by the way, I just have to say this as well, never, ever, ever pay a manager a monthly retainer. That is not how a management deal should work. Um, Managers always work on a... 10 to 20% commission, usually 20%, especially at the start when a band's like not making much money. Um, Because essentially, you know, a manager comes onto your team and they're another member of the band. They're not making a profit from you um, necessarily, but, you know, they have the incentive to help grow you as a band so that you can all succeed together. So they have to be super, super, super invested in what you're doing. And I've had management offers in many bands that I've been a part of. Um, but I've never had a manager because there's, I don't know, 
There's a lot of people who will approach you and be like, hey, I want to manage you, but they'll just do like the basic shit that you can just do yourself and they won't actually take you to that next level. Or they just came across your Instagram one day and were like, hey, like, let's have a meeting. And then you have a meeting and you're like, has this guy even heard our music and does he even get what we're trying to do? He or she or they. Um, So making sure that you learn the skills yourself before you take on anyone and that way when it comes to really really needing a manager and really wanting to rapidly increase your reach and your profile within the scene um, you have the leverage um, not only experience but the actual leverage and results to actually get someone on board who's going to do something with you Uh, also a booking agency so you know depending on where you're at this may come in different orders for different people. A lot of people get booking agencies first before management. Um, so a booking agency's role is to look after all the bookings of your shows, to book tours, um, to negotiate, that sort of thing. So bringing on a booking agency uh, is also a very good step in your career. But once again, you have to have the leverage. You have to um, be really active on socials. You have to be able to sell tickets to shows. You have to be good live essentially um most booking agents wouldn't bring a band onto their roster without having seen them live first uh because you know it's very easy these days to seem like you're a good band and then when you play live to not live up to the expectations of the recordings so yeah booking agency would be the next one and then of course there is a label um which you know a lot of people don't want a label in this group. Um, some people do want a label, but maybe a small independent one. You really have to think about, okay, what do you want from the label? Um, if it's just a loan of money, then I don't know, I guess labels are kind of like banks in that way, but they also have other skills in terms of promotion. So it really is such a case by case basis, excuse me, on what you want out of a label. And if you're ready for a label, but you know, a label is another kind of team member to bring on. Um, then, of course, there is a lawyer. Um, I don't know anything about lawyers, entertainment lawyers, so don't ask me. I'm a marketing person and PR person. So, yeah, but I mean, a lawyer would obviously be someone else to bring onto your team. So that's really what I wanted to talk about today. First up, first and foremost, make sure that you have the internals of your band working sufficiently in order to be successful and have the leverage that you need to start bringing industry people onto your team. Obviously you don't need much leverage to work with a graphic designer um, necessarily or like an audio engineer. Uh, But you know, if it comes to like management, booking agencies, labels, that sort of thing, you really do have to learn how to run your band as a business in order to have the leverage, have the know-how to know that you're not being screwed over and to make sure that you're bringing the right people on. So with that being said, if you do want to learn how to do all of that stuff, then that's what my being in a band membership is for. As I said, there are now pretty much no more spots to work with me privately. So the only way to work with me uh, and to get the information that you may require to grow your band as a business, I'm talking email marketing, I'm talking social media, I'm talking getting bigger shows, I'm talking getting your mindset right so that you don't self-sabotage. Uh, We did a Grow Your Streams Masterclass last week, which went extraordinarily well, um, if I do say so myself. 
So the being in a band membership, you get monthly masterclasses. Every second month we do workshops, which we've got one this Saturday where we do mindfulness and we do goal setting, Q&As. What else do we do? Hot seat coaching. And it's really a place where I can give you direct feedback about your project. And also there is the private Facebook community element as well, because you do not have to go on this musical journey alone. And let me just say that there aren't a lot of people that do what I do in the industry in terms of consulting and coaching. And there's even less people that have memberships and courses, but I have seen a couple of them. And I do have to say that without tuning my own horn, no one does it how I do. Uh, the members in my membership want to play live. They want to make a career out of music. They don't have, you know, thousands of money to like put towards Facebook ads to target to third world countries to get hollow listeners. They want real fans because they want to change lives. So that is how I teach all of the slides and information is like super colorful. It's super relevant because I work for a label. I you know, work for a publication. I'm in the social media world and I'm building my own band. So everything that I teach is grounded in actual knowledge that's happening within the independent and even not so independent music industries. So I'm going to leave the links uh, after this live finishes in the comments. So if you're interested, check it out. You can send me a DM if you want more information I have to go now because I'm due for a uh, chat with Emmy on the podcast. Uh, so I can't wait to dive into that. That'll be up in a couple of weeks. But thank you so much for tuning into this live. And I'll speak to you in two more, two more, two more weeks. <laughs> Bye. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and I'll see you there.